Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I ask you to imagine this. Imagine a dot and a line that extends from the dot into infinity. The dot represents now. The line represents eternity. Question for you. Are you living for the dot or for the line? I ask because it makes all the difference in your point of view as we go through this pandemic and the drop in oil. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, St. Paul gives us a perfect example of living for the line. He writes, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What we can see is temporary. It's not going to last. But what is unseen is eternal. And Paul tells us to look at our temporary situations in the light of eternity. In the days ahead, during the uncertain times that we face, we know there are going to be a lot of changes. There have already been many changes. And if we focus only on the dot, the present, then we can become agitated and sorely distressed by the things that happen. When everything around you is up in the air, you can't focus on those things. You need to focus on what never changes. And that will give you the stability you need to get through the crisis. So what are some of the unchangeable truths that we should focus on? Well, first of all, Let's focus on God. He never changes. Ever. He's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. And God sees everything I'm going through. And he cares about everything I'm going through. And he will never stop loving me. And he has the power to answer prayers. He can either change the situation or he can change me so that I can make it through the situation. And we can also focus on the fact that God is with you and me in everything we go through. Every stage, every phase, every crisis, no matter what I go through, God is going to go through it with me. Remember the great promise of Isaiah 43.2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And the very final words of Jesus to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always to the end of the age. These are the unseen things, the eternal truths for us to focus on. So maybe over the next couple of weeks, a little less listening to TV and going on to the internet. And maybe a little bit more listening to God in the days ahead we'll keep our focus off the dot and on the line. 
To live with hope in the middle of a double whammy that we've had, like the coronavirus and the petroleum downturn, you have to change your focus. You have to live in light of eternity. Remember that what is happening in the dot is not the end of the story. One day, all of our pain and all of our sickness and all of our sorrow and all of our sadness and all of our stress and all of our grief is going to end. In Revelation 21, we read, Then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain. For the old order of things will pass away. The dot is not the end of the story. I want you to remember this in the days to come and in the weeks ahead. Because we don't know what the future holds. But we do know who holds the future. And it matters who you know. It matters for eternity. John writes, quoting Jesus, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. When you have eternal life with God, then even the dot you are presently living in, when it's a complete mess, you know it's not the end of the story. The line goes on. To where all of these troubles pass away. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not meant simply to weather the storm. We are not meant simply to bring our eternal perspective to bear for ourselves. We are meant to bring our eternal perspective to bear in order to serve others in the midst of the storm. God doesn't just want to take you through the crisis. He doesn't just want to protect you in the crisis. God wants to use you through this crisis. God does not simply want you to survive. He wants you to thrive in the midst of this crisis. This is the difference between how believers and others handle troubles. As believers, we see this time as an open door. And I want you to know how proud I am, this is an aside here, how proud I am of the staff and of the clergy who are approaching this time with enthusiasm to find the open doors and to take ministry through those open doors. And as another aside, I'd also add that all the staff are continuing to work very hard during this time, and I really want to keep paying them. So... Uh, Please don't forget to maintain your giving during this time. Every pain, every crisis is an open door to find that hurt and heal it. Right now we are in the biggest open door you can imagine because people are scared. There is so much work for love to do. Historically, Christians have always moved through the open doors when everybody else has moved out. Around 2,000 years ago, the bubonic plague, the Black Death, ran through the Roman Empire, and nobody knew the cause of it. They just kept people, seeing people die. 
And they thought, well, maybe it's the cities that are the cause of it. And so people started fleeing the cities. And what did the Christians do? Well, they actually moved into the cities to take care of the sick. And that's how many Romans were converted. They looked at the Christians and said, see how they love one another. And it is in that environment that we, the church, began to create hospitals. The Western idea of a hospital wasn't invented by the government. It was created by the church. It was an open door. You see, Jesus gave us a preaching and teaching and healing faith. He cares about the mind, the body, and the soul. And just as Christians moved into the plague-ridden cities of the Roman Empire to demonstrate the love of God, God will call us not to be foolish and not to be rash, but he will call us to respond in love and to care for people and to care for the most vulnerable. And we're actually beginning two new ministry teams to minister to each other and especially the most vulnerable during this time. One is headed by Father Jonathan, the care callers, and the other will be headed by Father Steve, the care bringers. Many of the people in our church need to be isolated at home so they don't get sick because they're in a high-risk category. And that can get pretty hard on someone not being around people. And as God observed in the book of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. And while we can't go visit everybody, we can call every member of our church family. Just to say, is there anything we can do to help you? Is there anything you'd like to share with the church? Is there a prayer request you have? Can I pray for you now? It's just fellowship on the phone. Father Jonathan has already gotten this ministry organized. But if you want to help, let him know. You know, if people who are staying at home get two fellowship calls a week, I don't think they're going to complain. So that is the care caller ministry organized by Father Jonathan. And a new ministry we're beginning today is the care bringers ministry. And this will be organized and overseen by Father Steve. The purpose of this ministry is to help high-risk people who are presently homebound to have the things they need without getting out and risking getting sick. So you can let your care caller know that if you have a need, such as food or a prescription to be filled or some other item, they can pass that on to the care bringer ministry who will get it and bring it to you. And then depending on your need for quarantine or isolation, the care bringers can even do a ring and run. They can leave it at your front door. <clears throat> so if you would like to be a care bringer, bringing that kind of help to the more vulnerable members of our church family, please let Father Steve know. This week you're going to receive an email from the church office, and it will invite you to let us know if you need help or if you can give help. Please respond. And let us know if you have a need that we can meet, or let us know how you can help. Brothers and sisters, we may not be able to meet in person right now, but we're going to do our very best through these two ministries 
to make sure no one falls through the cracks. However, please remember, we cannot read minds. So, if you need something before your care caller gets to you, pick up the phone and call us. In closing, I just want to reaffirm how close God is to you when you experience troubles and sorrows. In John 11.35, we find Jesus bursting into tears. It's one of the most remarkable moments in the whole gospel story. And we shouldn't miss the meaning that John wanted us to see. Because this is not simply John's way of showing us that the Son of God was not just divine, but he was a real human being. This is John showing us what God looks like in human form. The second person of the Trinity, the living word through whom all the worlds were made, weeps like a baby at the grave of his friend. Only when we put away our high and dry pictures of who God is and replace them with pictures in which the word who is God can cry with the world when the world cries, will we discover the full nature of God. Jesus burst into tears at the moment when he sees Mary and all the Judeans with her in tears. Isaiah foretold that he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We can trust Jesus with our pain and suffering because he understands it and he has known it. When he asked where they've lain the body of Lazarus, they reply to him, come and see. And he weeps with them. And when we are broken and cry out to Jesus, we say, come and see, as we lead him to the place of our deepest grief and sorrow. And the one who weeps with us also delivers us. For to Martha and Mary and to us, Jesus also says, come and see, as he leads us through the sorrow to the place where he now dwells in light and love and resurrection glory. The new day is dawning. And though the dot where we live can be very dark and the tears very bitter, the promise of Christ is that there is light and joy waiting far, not too far away and lasting for eternity along the never-ending line. And that, my friends, is worth living for. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.